there was something about it that rang true, but it was always inconsistent. I could never get it to reliably work. And it was in that moment where I guess that had that, that, that you know, I had to look in the mirror and say, what's going on with my life? Where I almost got like really stubborn and indignant. And it's like, listen, this, kind, this law of attraction thing, whatever it is, whether it's legit or not, it seems to work whenever I do it. The whole concept for MOVE is M, make a difference. Oh, to offer up your time, talent, and gifts. And B, there's victory in the small things, and E, to encourage others. And so I started to MOVE. For those of you tuning in to the Move podcast, thank you again for your time. And today I have a guest that has has an insight that all of us can glean from. And I don't think I'll do a good enough job introducing him. So, Mr. Andrew, could you introduce yourself? Yeah, well, first of all, Sky, thank you so much for having me. My name is Andrew Cap. Otherwise known as that guy who wrote the last Law of Attraction book you'll ever need to read, which uh, is probably one of the longest book titles anyone's ever heard. And happy to go down the road of where that came from. But uh, really, I'm just uh, I'm just someone who's been an entrepreneur for for 20 plus years. And right now I'm following this thread of where I'm hoping is given the most value through this book. So uh, right now you're listening to the voice of someone who's taken a brand new direction they never thought possible and just hope enjoying it so far and just looking forward to seeing how it unfolds so so what give me a little bit about about your background where'd you grow up and have you always been uh somebody that has written books and stuff like this or is it where'd you come from yeah so i mean i'm born and bred new yorker and it'll be interesting to (laughs) it's funny um, I grew up close to the Bronx. I went to school in Long Island and I lived in a while for Queens. So for, for outside New Yorkers, I, re- I always wonder how much of a New York accent kind of bleeds in and, and uh-huh. which flavors of that accent come in there, okay. if any. Um, but I mean, the long and short of it is um, writing this book, first of all, I it came 10 years later than I thought it would. And I mean, I've dabbled in in writing and things of that nature. But most of the writing I've done in the past is just as like a copywriter and, and kind of on that level. Th- this has been a brand new thing. And to give you a really long-winded answer, this was inspired by uh, basically a-, a series of events, a really bad weekend that happened in 2008, where um, not to get ahead of ourselves, I basically had what I think was probably the worst week of my life uh, losing what I felt like was 90% of it because basically a couple of days after deciding to quit my first business and, and throw it away because it just it wasn't working and it was going to ruin a relationship of three years. Well, that kind of like followed up and, and that girlfriend of three years then broke up over text. So um, the, the company I threw away to save the relationship, the relationship was gone a couple of days later anyway. And um, it, it was funny because this was a couple of years after learning about the law of attraction where it was, um, <clears throat> it was hit and miss for me. I never really thought, like there was something about it that rang true, but it was always inconsistent. I could never get it to reliably work. And it was in that moment where I guess that had that, that, that you know, I had to look in the mirror and say, what's going on with my life? Where I almost got like really stubborn and indignant. And it's like, listen, this, kind, this law of attraction thing, whatever it is, whether it's legit or not, it seems to work whenever I do it. Right now, I'm just upset enough about where my life's going is I don't care what happens, when it happens, why it happens, how it happens. I'm going to go all in with this, which for me doesn't mean all day, every day, because I understood enough about human nature to know I'd burn out. 
but it's really saying, well, when I was doing five or 10 minutes a day before quitting, let me just do that five or 10 minutes without caring about what happens or when it happens. And the results were miraculous for lack of a better word, because two weeks later, I felt better, not perfect, but better, which is saying a hell of a lot with a broken heart. Three months later, I'm in a brand new way, healthy relationship. Four months later, I'm making more money than at any point in my life before then. And six months later, like everything's different. I'm in the best shape of my life. I'm waking up happy and fulfilled. And I basically had this really hard fought lesson that again, whatever this thing is, I believe it's a law of attraction, but I guess people will beg to differ depending on what they hear about it. But whatever it is, it works when you work it. And it took me 10 years later where I'm like, listen, I want to do something new in my business. What can I do where I'll be excited to have these conversations where I'll be excited to engage with my customer to be candid, I won't be bored. If a question comes in, I will be enthusiastic about replying. And, and that's the wave I'm uh, kind of riding here. So that is hopefully my world record on your show for a longest winded answer. <laughs> well, you know, we got nothing but time, I guess. So it, it's, that's the good thing about having a podcast is, you know, you can talk and you can finish conversations. And sometimes those long winded answers are what you want to hear because it gives you more depth and provides a, a better picture so you can see the whole the whole thing. So I, I'm not afraid of long-winded answers whatsoever. Awesome. Um, but so so then, so my question becomes, six months, I, that would be great. There are a lot of people listening or that will be listening at some point and, and say, okay, six months, let's go. I'll, tell me what I got to do because if I, if I can have what I want in life in six months... Now, I understand what you said, it, it's going to work, but you got to work it. So that's going to be my, my next couple of questions as far as how did you, I mean, it sounded like you were close to rock bottom. I mean, I can't even imagine you're throwing away a company for a girl, which tells me how much that girl meant. And then that girl breaks up with you. I, I, that's a level of heartbreak on both sides that I I don't even know but so when you're at that level what happened to give you that clarity or to give you that pathway that says hey Andrew do this or here's a guiding light here's a beacon and and look in that direction because that's where you're going to find the answer how, how how did that come about right so <clears throat> There's two answers to this. Like there's one answer that I would share with an audience on how I think they would get there themselves because I can look back in time now and reverse engineer what I did. But just in that moment, it, it, part of it was, and again, we're, we're gonna um, transcend luck for them, but part of it was luck for me in that I think people in the situation, we all deal with depression in our own different way. And, and I guess the lucky thing for me is whatever my psychological makeup was at the time, rather than being that person who had trouble getting out of bed and like was dragging them through the day, I would get up early because I realized this now, like in the background, I was in a I was, I had this, um, this perceived notion that time would heal this eventually. Maybe that's the only thing I've got going here. So I was anxious to wake up every day just to get that day done with so I can get to the next day and get that day done with. So I had what I believe is, is a different mentality and a different approach to depression than most people have in that I did wake up early and I didn't sit on my heels and more than being depressed, I'll, I'll watch my language here, but I'll, I'll just say I was, I was pissed off and I had that level of fire within me 
that basically kept me doing something long enough that in every other situation before that, I wasn't doing that, which was simple gratitude or visualization techniques that I had learned and knew about for four years that I was kind of tweaking to myself. So before getting to a part that I would share with, with them on, on a better way to do it, which I'm happy to do, I'd say that there was fortunately a fire in me and my specific response to that depression that I was action oriented. And fortunately for me, I followed a game plan that for me worked and for everybody else I've ever taught it to worked by hook or by crook. So I'm not sure if that answered your first question, but um, that's, I guess that's probably. Yeah. So you had, so seeds were planted four years prior. So you had, you already had a working knowledge and, and when you're at that point, maybe your subconscious or whatever it is, is kicking in to, to kind of help. And it's, it's things that you've already. So yeah, that answers my question. Um, How did you come across it when you did? Mm -hmm. How did I come across? uh, Yeah. Let's say the four years prior. So you had already understood this or seen some, how, where did, how did you get acclimated to that? So 2004, it's, it's really interesting. 2004, um, I was already in the middle of, again, starting that first business and trying to get things going. And I think any entrepreneurs or sales people out there that are listening, to say nothing of a lot of other people, but those in particular, I think um, they can relate to having to kill your own dinner, so to speak. Whereas, you know, not to say that a nine to five job is ever easy because I've had some rough ones myself, but there is that, um, that safety net of, well, if I have a bad day or a bad week, money's still coming in because it's a salary paycheck as opposed to an entrepreneur or salesperson where it's got to get done or it's not getting done. And I think that a lot of people, they'll find their, their way to Brian Tracy or Tony Robbins or, you know, any kind of personal development, any kind of positive mindset modality, law of attraction being one of them. So law of attraction was one of many. I'm going down this rabbit hole of reading books like Think and Grow Rich, reading What to Say When You Talk to Yourself by Shad Helmstetter, learning about the law of attraction two years before The Secret came out. So for me, it was one of those things where I was just like, I was a voracious reader in the sense that in the first two years of my business, I read more than in the eight years of high school and college combined before that. Because this time, rather than being assigned a book that they said I'm supposed to read, it was something that I was linking my success to. Like, I've got to learn marketing. I've got to learn positive mindset. I've got to learn all these things. So I was just very motivated in the sense of hopping book to book to book to book, uh, accumulating information, processing it in my mind, and just having that on the back burner. And I had the experience of succeeding and failing, where, again, we, we could talk about, I definitely do want to get to this on why... I would get excited why I would do it, why I would start to work and why I would still quit. That's something important I definitely want to talk about. But just to say now, I had that experience of I I already saw it working and then I quit. So I already knew how to make it work so long as I can actually hold on to that uh, pattern and routine and stick with it long enough, which cut to four years later, that kind of week. um, Again, the way I respond, I'm that upset that I held on long enough. But I'll, I'll tell you, Scotty, for all I knew when I was doing it, it was going to be 10 years before I saw something or for all I knew it was gonna be 10 minutes. Like, again, I was fortunately, and I think this is a, a huge gift here because you were saying, what do you tell the people that say six months? I think six months is beautiful for in my personal perspective and other people might be different. When I've set a deadline, it's actually tripped me up. When I set a deadline, it's put me under pressure because day one, all of a sudden I'm one day closer. I have one day less to get that thing done in time before the deadline comes. And other people, that deadline is the fuel for them. It works for them. But since like, I was fortunate in that I could identify that it was not going to work for me, which is why I had that attitude of, I don't care when it happens and I don't care how it happens. I'm fine. Like, I'm going to engage. I'm going to do gratitude. I'm not going to sit like, I'm not going to sit on my rear end, by, by the way. 
but I'm going to wait to take inspired action because that was one of the things I'd learned in years prior. Don't take action out of a sense of lack, take action out of a sense of inspiration. So when I say I got in the best shape of my life, it wasn't sitting on my couch and focusing on it. It was sitting on my couch, focusing on it, and then being inspired to go to the dojo and looking forward to those workouts and choosing the dojo knowing that sensei is gonna keep the class engaging versus going on a treadmill when I know I would be bored and I wouldn't stick with it. So I took a lot of action, but everything was inspired. Everything was seamless. I went on those dating webs. This was pre-dating app. That's how I'm dating myself here. I went on those dating websites to find that person. I did all these things, but I took it out of a sense of inspiration after already, I guess, greasing the wheels and pre-programming my mind every single morning with that gratitude, with that visualization, with all those things that get the wheels turning and pointing me in that right direction. Okay, um, so before we get again too too far into this, for people that have heard of the law of attraction, but aren't quite sure exactly what that means, what is your definition? So it's funny. I have, I have a YouTube channel and a, and a video that explains it in sixty seconds. And whenever I'm asked, I never meet that standard, but, uh, <laughs> but it's all good. So, so law of attraction, uh, the way I explain it, the way many people explain it. It's based on the notion that everything is energy, including us and including our thoughts. So for example, like you hold your hand under a microscope and even though to you, it feels physical per your senses and as you're perceiving it, you look under a microscope and you see it's actually vibrating. Everything's on a frequency, an energetic frequency. And law of attraction is basically this idea, this concept, this notion that because your thoughts are also energetic and you have control over them, and like frequencies attract like frequencies, you will basically attract into your life what you think about, whether you're thinking about it consciously and purposefully, or you're thinking about it on autopilot, which again, just to give us another long-winded answer here, I think people hear that and they go, well, that's nice and all, but I've been thinking about my job promotion for a year and nothing's happening. Explain that one to me, Andrew. And then I would ask them, well, listen, are you thinking about that job promotion day after day after day with a sense of frustration and impatience and confusion and fear and uncertainty and doubt. Because if you are, you think that you're thinking about the job promotion, but you're actually thinking about the lack of the promotion, which is why it feels so bad. So you're actually reinforcing that vibration and energy, the lack of it. Whereas if you told me that you're thinking about that job promotion with a sense of enthusiasm and anticipation and gratitude and excitement, well, then you're actually thinking about the thing because it actually feels good. Then you're inviting it. And again, by the way, just to skip around here, if you don't believe in the universe and you don't believe in energy, even though I do, well, that's okay. Just believe in the fact that these things that you're reinforcing, you're reinforcing it to your subconscious mind, which is a supercomputer that we still haven't matched the power of. So if we don't even believe in the universe, it can be argued that if you're thinking about the thing with joint enthusiasm, you're programming your subconscious mind to think about this. And then what happens? Well, because it's such a supercomputer, it's going to run certain things on autopilot for you. You're going to find yourself standing up straighter. The inflection and cadence of your voice are going to be different. You're going to be coming up with better ideas at work. People are going to be responding to you better. Before you know it, like all these, these uh, events and these people and these places, they're all going to combine into that job promotion or perhaps something better than the job promotion. Perhaps you get a job offer at another place that's better salary, maybe a different title, better commute or something else. It's really that better situation that you've wanted all along, whether it's in the form of the promotion, quote unquote, or something else that's just way better. So I remember when I first heard, or yeah, because I, I, don't, I don't think I read the book. I think it was probably an audio book with The Secret. Mm -hmm. And I think that was probably, that's probably done more as far as 
people knowing about the law of attraction than anything else. I think they did a, a good job marketing it. There were a couple things where I was listening to it and it was kind of hard for me to to track. Like I think one of the examples is somebody said I was I was I was thinking about twenty five. I wanted twenty five thousand dollars or something like that, and all of a sudden a, a check came in the mail for twenty five thousand dollars and. There was a um, there's there's got to be a point where I mean yes I, I'm sure that was possible but for most people probably ninety percent of people listening to that if they call bullshit they lose interest in anything else that you have to say and I feel like some of those things are hundred percent possible and I'm not saying it's not true I'm not saying it's not possible but what I am saying is that there's there's got to be a line where you, where you got to stay into reality for the masses. I would guess if you're trying to get it out there, or maybe I'm completely off off the off center with that comment. But I'm just I'm just curious. Is there anything that you think is too far fetched, or do you think everything is possible? Or is there? I mean, that's kind of a nebulous. It's it's kind of in the ether there. I'm not sure what your thoughts are about that though. Yeah, well, so I'll, I'll say I'll start with this because um, the secret is anything that has that kind of attention is going to get positive and negative reactions. Just the way you know, for whatever it is, I would um, credit them with advancing the conversation and the and the concept way better than anyone's ever done, including Napoleon Hill with Think and Grow Rich. I will also agree that a lot of the criticism that it's received is whether it's in just, it's it's so materialistic, but also even something like this where it seems ridiculous. And, you know, I guess in their defense, they're giving you like this 90 minute movie and they're showing you the person think and they're showing the $25,000 come and they're not including the fact that through their visualization and everything else, they were already working hard on their business for five years or they were already setting the table in other ways that, you know, there was just a final missing piece that came into place, but those other pieces were there beforehand. I would say that um, nothing is far-fetched to an extent. And what I mean by that is in the end, you can't get anything that you don't believe in. So um, if your thought patterns have told you whether or not, like you can focus as hard as possible, but you already know what your concept of reality is. You know, if, if you, there's no way you're going to lift that car if everything you've ever known in your life has told you that you can't pick up that car. However, by that same token, there's a lot more strength in your body that can be expressed. And there's a lot of amazing things that happen. And part of your process or part of your job is to understand that there's no perfection here, at least from my perspective, there's no perfection. And I'm a strategy guy. So I'm thinking, okay, knowing that I'm, maybe I could pick up the car, but I probably can't. Knowing I can't do that, what can I strategically do to inject certain thoughts or certain perspectives or certain viewpoints that are gonna benefit me the most, meaning, what can I do to instill as much gratitude as possible, knowing that even if I can't pick up the car, maybe I can pick up four tires. And maybe those four tires, being able to pick them up has a certain value in my world. So um, there, there is a limit, but the limits within our viewpoint and understanding that the limits within our viewpoint, the question's always, what can we strategically do for ourselves to line up with the best possible answers or the best possible manifestations or the best possible results? So now that brings me to another conversation I had recently with my little sister. My little sister is, um, she's struggled. She's gotten diagnosed with um, schizophrenia, severe depression, anxiety, and she has gone through 
a lot of her life with self-talk that is horrible. That is, I'm not good enough. I don't deserve this. I deserve to be punished. These bad things that are happening are something that I deserve because I did stupid things. And I feel like that is, you know, it's exactly the law of attraction. She, She created those thoughts and then, but it, now at this point, she's at a, at this place in her life where all of these things have basically, you know, built up over time and it's just smashed her as far as, is her happiness and, and her actually, in her actual circumstances. And so her belief became what she could, kept telling herself. Mm-hmm. And then because of that, that's where she's at. So how do you get a person that has been beating themselves up and that believes that that they have punishments that they deserve, you know, and, and they're not good enough. How do you start reframing that conversation in their mind for for people that have made it, whether they think they're not good enough or what you know, whatever that is. Is there a is there a process to get them to start thinking in positive <laughs> ma- manner or? What do you think? So, so <laughs> embedded in what you were saying there was the fact that there's a really heavily practiced pattern of thought and behavior that's already here. So it's like a current we're fighting against, right? There's a lot of momentum already going in a certain direction. Now, from the perspective of, again, you know, if you believe in the universe, you believe in an energy, I will say that positive thoughts are, we'll just say a lot more powerful than negative ones. And I will say, even though I'm not a clinical psychologist or anything like that, I would venture to argue again, that if you don't believe in the law of attraction, po- from, from a psychological standpoint, positive thoughts are way more powerful than negative ones. Meaning, okay, well, what do we do here? Well, this actually comes back to my solution for everything. And that's finding a method, whether it's visualization or gratitude or anything, finding something that you can enjoy enough to actually do that doesn't take long for just five minutes a day, because if, if someone can just do five minutes per day of feeling gratitude, of feeling good, of having that positive thinking, they've kind of built up this equity of positive momentum so that even if an hour later something happens and they're in a bad mood again, it's like, the, I'll just make up a point system. They've accumulated 500 positive points and that bad mood is like 70 points. So you're still kind of, even if you oh, can't God. tell, you're still there. Now the next day you get another 500 points. And then maybe you add another 90 points there because things still aren't perfect. And then the next day, because you're really building up momentum, it turns out to like, you know, 700 points, but you have another, like a bad day and response is hundred. So basically it's one of those things where if you have the patience and the understanding that it's not going to be perfect throughout. And I would say my attitude of, I don't care what happens, when it happens, how it happens. I'm just so motivated that I want something to happen. It's in that consistent daily gratitude where you're building up more and more points, more and more momentum, so that those thoughts that creep in, they still creep in, but they're less frequent and they're less powerful. And then it comes to a point, there's a tipping point in the scales where that that positive, it's just so much more that good things are happening even in spite of negative. Like me, I'm, I'm this law of attraction author and I've sold 50,000 copies of this book and I've got 1,500 five-star rate reviews and all this stuff. That doesn't mean I'm perfect. I also have bad days where I'm in bad mood, but I, because I am so practiced at doing this every single day, I catch myself earlier in those bad moods and I pivot way easier than I would have done 10 years ago. So again, there's a strategy to this sort of saying, listen, I know it's not gonna be perfect, but 
I can either do the, spend the next 10 years being stuck in this anyway and nothing changing, or I can take five minutes out of day in the middle of that and see what happens because I've got nothing to lose at this point and everything to gain. And then it comes a question of, okay, all right, well, what can we find? Again, it's only five minutes. It doesn't have to be an hour. It doesn't even have to be 20 minutes, just five minutes. What can you find that's just five minutes that you can do every single day that will slowly but surely and really pick up speed and momentum get you over to the other's part where you kind of look back and it's almost as if it's a different person who lived that life. And you're literally, you're literally leading a brand new life as a brand new enhanced version of yourself. I love that message. I wholeheartedly believe in that message. And so I love to hear it coming from somebody else's mouth. And obviously you've, you've put a lot more thought into it than I have, but I got to ask you, so why is this the last book on law of attraction that you'll ever need? Right. So, uh, first of all, this is said with the understanding, you can even hear in the title, whether it's law of attraction or it's weight loss or it's relationships or whatever it might, or even marketing to all the entrepreneurs out there, I'm sure they'll relate to this. We as humans, um, and I'll explain why we do this. We often hop book to book to book to book and we overconsume information and we under implement it. So, you know, there's, there's the, the, the book that you read 10 books ago was technically enough if you only followed it. So my perspective from law of attraction is, you know, we jump book to book program to program, this and that. And any, in my opinion, law of attraction book worth its salt is hopefully going to explain the law of attraction in an easily consumable way so that you understand it, you get it, it clicks. Whether you agree or not is one thing, but it at least clicks for you to you at least understand it. But also any law of attraction book worth its salt is hopefully going to provide techniques that are user-friendly. Again, going back to that five minutes a day, we need something that's easy to follow, easy to implement, something to work with. I put that in the book, but where I make this, I guess the last one you'll ever need to read was I also simultaneously held up a mirror to the reader to explain why it is they get excited, they start to do it, they get results and they still stop. And by the way, so people, I mean, I'll gladly take uh, sales, but so people don't have to buy the book, I'm, I'm happy to explain that part. But, but to, before I get to that, the reason that it is the last one is because I explain that, because I show the reader what's going on. And then in most cases, by the way, I've laid out the book, I'm, I'm basically, I'm not teaching them and the book's not teaching them, but the book is pushing them enough in a positive direction where they're gonna give themselves permission to finally do this just long enough to get a result. And then it's their life experience that's taught them and they're forever changed and you can never take it away from them. Wow, that's pretty insightful. I, and you know, <clears throat> it, it comes down to, it is the journey, you know, reading the book is not, you know, telling them a paragraph of something that, that's in the, on a page is not going to give them the same experience as if they read it and they go through the process themselves. It's, it's, um, I hundred percent agree with that too. Now I'm in, in my mind right now, it keeps coming, jumping back to vibration, jump back to vibration. Well, okay. So mm -hmm. I feel like there's, so I didn't know that if you put a microscope on your hand, and you go deep enough, it's vibrating. I didn't realize that. I've been talking about vibrations and listening about to conversations about vibrations, uh, and you know, by exhibiting gratitude, it changes your vibrations. And so I, I definitely believe that. But so you vibrate whether you're moving or not. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny. 
all this is happening, whether you like it or not. Like I remember someone emailed me a couple of, I guess, months ago at this point, they said, hey, Andrew, I'm thinking about quitting the law of attraction. And I wrote back and I said, well, that's nice and everything, but you can't quit the law of attraction any easier than you can quit gravity. You can quit. I, I think what you mean is you're thinking of quitting whatever methods of processes and, and daily routine that you've got in place because you're not enjoying it, that you're trying to use to use the law of attraction to pull what you want, but you can't quit that because it's happening. Like, and again, like this thing about your hand and everything, like right now, if I pulled out a dog whistle and I blew it really hard, you wouldn't react. It, it wouldn't bother you, but a dog in the room would react, which is just to say that there are so many frequencies, so many things going on outside the perception and detection of our human senses. Even this conversation right now, I mean, I've got my laptop, it's plugged into a wall and I can make this rationalization that it's a really long wire over to you, which I think uh, you're across the country. Right. Now that's ridiculous, but even if it's not, if I unplug it, all of a sudden that theory is, theory is gone. So how are we having this conversation in real time separated by thousands of miles? Well, we understand satellites, we understand fiber optics, we understand all these things and therefore we accept it. But accepting it or not, the whole point is this vibration that's going on just to connect us for this communication is outside our human senses. The human senses are picking up the result of it that I can hear you and I can see you based on the projection of those frequencies, but we can't detect it. So again, your hand, it feels positive, and it feels solid to you right now, but there's so much going on, crisscrossing every which way, uh, colors, sounds, uh, feelings like everything vibration frequency that we're never going to detect, which is a good thing because our brain couldn't handle all the input anyway. So how long ago did, did this book come out? Uh, this came out November, 2019. Okay. And what is our, do you have any future goals or, or things that you're working towards? What is your, what is your, what are your thoughts looking like nowadays as far as what you're trying to manifest into your life? Yeah, so it's it's really interesting. Right now, I'm at this very open-ended, relaxed state of being. And I know also we're, we're at a weird time in this world where, you know, people are a little closed off and they're not interacting. And I kind of view it as like, we're like in a slingshot moment where the rubber band's getting pulled back and it's gonna snap forward and there's gonna be like a lot of improvement. But where I'm at, like in terms of goals, like the book sold 50,000 copies like in the first 13 months, which not bad for independently published. Okay. Um, I. I want a million copies sold. I want a million YouTube subscribers, but I don't want those so I can kind of like march around like, hey, look at me how cool I am because I've sold a million books. I've done that just because it's a good guiding Northern star because what's really going on right now is I'm enjoying the ride. I'm enjoying the impact because in the other things I've done as an entrepreneur, you know, marketing consultant, copywriting and other pieces, it's not been as fulfilling as the emails I get from people and things like that. So I've said this on, on a prior interview where if someone said, hey, Andrew, I'm going to snap my fingers and you're going to get a million subscribers tomorrow, I'd say thanks, but well, hold on a second. Give me 50,000 subscribers tomorrow because if you gave me a million tomorrow, I don't have the infrastructure built in to handle it. I can't answer the emails anymore. I can't take care of my customers anymore. Right. So I'll get there, but I'll get there in good time. So my goals right now are you know, having these conversations, um, getting more copies of the book out to people, building up the YouTube channel getting the message out there, hopefully helping and, and giving impact and taking it from there. And um, I have money goals that they'll pop in and out, but right now my attitude is they're all gonna take care of themselves as I continue to do this. And what's your YouTube channel again? YouTube's just uh, youtube.com slash Andrew Cap. Andrew Cap. okay, that's that's simple enough. Yep, keep it nice and easy. Now, now on your YouTube channel, are you, is it a daily 
thing where you get on there and, and say stuff or what are you doing on your YouTube channel? Yeah, Scotty, I wish it was daily. And that, by the way, is one of my goals. I want to I want to publish daily <laughs> in a perfect I'm, I'm world. <laughs> We're getting there, right? Yeah, exactly. I'm putting it out there. So um, it's it's a lot of variety. And, and you won't hear it now because obviously, like, I'm really intently focused on just giving value. Um, and I have to do it in the finite space and I want to make sure I'm doing it right on the YouTube channel where I can play around and things like that. I'm injecting humor, uh, a really silly sense of humor, by the way, that might not resonate with everyone. Um, I have a couple of interviews with law of attraction experts. I teach new methods that, you know, that I've come up with since the book came out really just, um, a reinforcement or an introduction in and of itself of this content so that, you know, I mean, the book's really affordable, like the Kindle's four bucks, but if someone that doesn't want to spend the money, at least I've got this option for free where people can go on YouTube and learn about it and get a different perspective. Um, so it's kind of like law of attraction variety channel that's based to the best of my ability on a way that everything's going to land in the right way for people. Well, I, like I said, it's definitely something that's an important, it's an important concept. I don't think as many people know about it as should know about it. I have experienced it in different ways. And now, now I've experienced a couple things where, so my question is having a thought and then saying that thought out loud, do you think there's a difference as far um, as the power that it brings to make something manifest? So the ultimate answer to that from my perspective is does it feel more to you? If saying it out loud creates a, a deeper feeling, then it makes a difference. Like, I'll believe here's a, um, a variation of that question I often get from people. Is it more powerful if I write something than if I type it, than if I say it? Because we're all told that, okay, when you write something, you know, you're firing like a lot of neurons in your brain and the synapses, like, and all that stuff. So theoretically, that is more powerful. However, if you put a piece of paper in front of someone, you say, I want you to write all your visions and goals but their hand cramps up and they get frustrated and they can't enjoy it versus you could hit a record button and they can speak for a half hour. Well, then the more powerful thing is them speaking it. You know what I mean? So mm, what is the way of whether singing out loud or singing in your mind, what's the way that's more enjoyable that feels more visceral to you? That ultimately is the answer because whether you write it or type it or say it or think it or whatever it might be, any one of those things enough are powerful. So me, I personally, I don't, I'm not on a hunt. I'm, I know I'm kind of giving you a sideways answer. I'm not on, on the hunt for the most powerful. I'm on the hunt for the thing that feels the easiest for me because that ends up being the most powerful for me personally. It's like the, the profundity is, or the profundity is in simplicity. Yes. Br brilliantly stated. That's man. It, it, it's easy said, <laughs> not easy done. That's for damn sure. Mm -hmm. I overcomplicate the hell out of everything. I mean, just in my my studio i've tried so many different little things that i'm going to add this so i can have this capability and then all of these uh troubleshooting problems happen and then i i have to backtrack and then i add something else and so at the end of the day keep it simple stupid because the yeah. amount of time i'm trying to spend on on fixing everything if I just put a camera and I just started talking and okay, who cares if I didn't have everything perfect? If somebody could hear me, they could make out what was said. They're going to get the point. <laughs> yeah. Production value, maybe not as good, but I don't and, know. And so, if I may, Scott, if I could speak to that, because I promised um, about 15 minutes ago to, to give, to explain to people why it is that things aren't going the way they should. And, you know, and I guess hold up a mirror to them. 
Um, now, this is not to speak for you entirely, but just to give you the understanding, and then we'll, we'll kind of apply it to your specific situation. The reason people just drop the ball of law of attraction, where you, you read a book, you get excited, you're ready to do it, you start doing it, you start getting results, and you still stop doing it. Why does that happen? Well, the way I explain it, again, I'm not a clinical psychologist, this is just the words I use. We've got three minds. We've got a conscious mind, and we've got the subconscious mind, and right in the middle, we've got the ego. And the ego as I define it, not as anyone else does, but as I do, it only has one job in this world, and that's to keep you alive. And that's good news or bad news, depending on where you are in your life right now. Because that means wherever you are, whatever money problems you have, whatever relationship problems you have, even whatever health problems you have, whatever the state of your life right now, <clears throat> your ego knows you are alive. And it does not want to risk the status quo because there's someone out there right now that they want to be rich and famous and they wonder why it's not happening. Well, for all their ego knows is when they become famous, they're going to get a stalker and that's a threat to their survival. For all their ego knows is when they get all that money, they're going to have distant family and relatives coming out of the woodwork, like trying to get a piece, taking their house, threats to their survival. So the ego loves you. This is a misguided attempt to protect you, but because it only cares about you being alive, that means it's not interested in your fulfillment or your satisfaction or your comfort or your happiness or anything like that. It's keeping you in place. So <clears throat> in the context of law of attraction, people start to do methods. It starts to work. Their ego being stronger than their conscious mind will sneak in and whisper like, hey, you're doing so great. You don't need to do today. It's like, hey, you're, you're already, you're already had your head of it. You're, you're, you're on the ball. You know, it's like, we can, we can skip a week. And then before you know it, they're out of practice, they've lost their momentum. By the same token for you, and again, I'm taking a leap down and making assumptions so I could be totally wrong. And by the way, I've done this myself in terms of like my YouTube setup. So don't even get me started. But it's <laughs> one of those things where I'm going to try out all these different backgrounds and all these different lights and all these different microphones when <clears throat> it's okay to try it, but I should be publishing every day first. I should publish first, try that second. But I'm doing this because my ego is like, oh my God, if Andrew gets a million subscribers, that's a different situation than where he is right now. And he's alive right now. And I don't want to risk that. So let me do what I can do to, to give him the, the shiny object, you know, shiny object syndrome to go chase that, to keep him stuck in place. So going full circle back to, I guess, at least in the law of attraction standpoint, how do we get around this? Well, again, the, well, if the ego is stronger than the conscious mind, but the subconscious is way stronger than everything, we want to bypass the ego. And we do that, it's the same answer, through those gratitude or visualization methods. All we have to do is enjoy the method and the method in and of itself will access the subconscious mind, which will access the universe, which will get everything moving in the right direction for us. So walk me through a visualization exercise or something, something close. So, um, by the way, I'm, I'm happy to teach more than one. So I'm gonna teach, okay. I'll teach a, a long-winded one first just because this is my favorite method from the book. And not that I'm making any promises for anyone else, but this is the one that I attribute the most based on my experience and what I've seen. This wow. got me the most in terms of that money improvement when, when I, you know, back, back in 2008 when things were going wrong. So I call this the time-lapse method. And it's a gratitude method where you're gonna write down 15 things that you're grateful for. Five of them are from your past, five of them are in your present, and five are things that you want in your future. And what you're going to do is you're going to phrase all of them in the present tense, where if you read that list to somebody, to a complete stranger, they wouldn't know whether you're lying, whether it happened, whether it's going to happen. They won't know because everything's in the present tense. Got it. So you've got this list of things and you're going to jumble up that list. So maybe the first thing is a present 
and then the future and then another future and then the past and the present, it's all jumbled up. And what you're gonna do then is you're gonna go through that list one at a time, you read through it in your head or out loud, whatever you like, and you're gonna give yourself 20 to 60 seconds to just feel gratitude for that thing. And the really cool thing about this is two thirds of that list is real. It either happened or it is happening. Meaning the gratitude that you feel is carrying a certain confidence and enthusiasm that you just can't manufacture. It's like, it's there. You're really you're grateful for it and, and, and that's the way it happens. And because we as humans can't downshift very easily, when you sneak the future ones in there and you're in that vibe of confidence, you're like hijacking and tricking your vibration and your subconscious mind, if you don't believe in the universe, to have the same certainty and the same confidence of those future things, thereby installing the programming to bring those things to you. And the best part is, whether or not you get that result right away or in the future or ever, the cool thing about this is feeling gratitude is a reward in and of itself. I could be lying right now or I could be deluded, but if you feel gratitude every single day, that's five or 10 minutes where you're not stressing out about your company or about your relationship or about the state of the world or anything like that, you get to feel good. And there have been studies that tell you that gratitude in, in improves sleep, increases confidence, it reduces anxiety, like it's a win no matter what, but I know in personal experience, when you're not too attached to the outcome and you let these things unfold, in addition to that, that win that happens immediately, you get all these good things coming to you afterwards as well. Makes sense. I have a, one of my podcasts is called Forgiving Forgiveness and it was, so I, so my little brother got killed. Somebody had pulled out in front of him and then there was a whole court case that ensued over the next couple of years and I had a uh, frame of mind that he was giving him the benefit of the doubt. He was uh, overall a good guy, made a mistake. It could have happened to me, could have happened to you, could have happened to anybody. In a split moment, everything changes. And on the day that he got sentenced, the person that had shown up was cold. He had a smirk on his face. I can't tell you how infuriated it made me. And I was pissed at myself because throughout the case, I could have influenced a different decision. He only got three years probation. Mm. And a, a lot of that was probably from me saying, it's okay, you know, uh, bad things happen kind of stuff. And then that day he was just a, just a bad person as far as I'm concerned. And I was angry at myself. And then, like, how could I be so stupid? And But then there comes a point where I forgave my forgiveness. Because that's... And, and the reason is because through those two years, how horrible would I have felt? How much stress would it have induced? How many wake, wakeless or wakeful, you know, I couldn't sleep kind of thing. Um, how often would that have happened? because I want to revenge but I didn't because of I I was in more of a forgiveness state and so definitely get your point on that it, even if you don't believe all of all of everything you can't refute the fact that when you feel appreciation that's a good feeling somebody just gave you a, a new car that's a good feeling somebody just gave you a kiss and said, I love you. And there's somebody that means a lot to you. That's a good feeling. I think we all understand that feeling. So, so even if you can't draw it out and put a, a finger on and say, 
this specific action is going to create that specific result. You can say this specific action gives me this specific feeling in the present moment and and we can all connect that. And I and I think that it's like planting a seed too. You know, you plant a seed and whatever you're planting today is going to flourish. And so whatever emotion that you feel, whatever action that you perform is going to take whatever you're feeling now and flower it into a, a bigger, deeper, more meaningful, whether it's positive or negative. So, yeah. Yeah. Something you speak to right there. It's like, you know, I think a lot of people rightfully so we look at joy and happiness as results, as manifestations, as the, the end of a journey. Right. But joy is actually also a strategy. By, by thinking of it strategically and you make joy a strategy, suddenly it's not this long lost unattainable thing. It's something where you could have pockets of joy and you can get your, yourself used to doing that. Just like you said, by thinking about, you know, think about your first kiss, think about your first crush, think about your best friend, think about your favorite food, think about your favorite vacation, think about how grateful for you are like for your body right now. An example I love to use is your heart beating in your chest. It's been beating in your chest every single second of every day, of every week, of every month, of every year, of every decade that you've been alive, even before you came out of the wound, boom, how, how, would you, how could you not be grateful for that, thinking about that? And it's like, just by doing that, you are instilling joy in yourself, which strategically, besides feeling good and being something that you, it's no longer off in the distance, it's rearranging or, uh, or programming you or reorienting you rather for more joy, whether it's your subconscious mind getting you there or the universe or something that we don't understand. Like, again, I have this interpretation and it's worked for me, but who knows if I'm deluded? Who knows if I'm wrong? But regardless of that, I do know that this gets these results. I do know that I feel good. I do know that good things happen. I get a book on the bestseller list. I get finances working out. I get that girlfriend after only three months. I feel better after only two weeks. Like whatever this thing is, and this to me explains it the best, whatever this thing is, it does work. Why not um, acknowledge that and be strategic in my approach so that I can invite more of it? It reminds me of the concept of God. Yeah. yeah. And do you believe or do you not believe? Or, uh, you know, the experience that you have, somebody can tell you whatever intellectually stimulating conversation or intellectually backed metrics on proof of anything. Mm -hmm. But if you don't feel it, it, you know, somebody had said before, for those that believe no proof is necessary. For those that don't believe no proof is enough. So, yes. So what's your, what's your concept of God? Do you believe in God? I I do, but I also like, (laughs) um, so for me, I am not currently, excuse me as I cough I'm not currently in the place where I view God as like um in a human personified form with that kind of specific human personality however that doesn't mean I'm not going to swing back around to that at some point but I will say this I believe in a higher intelligence that sees all and knows all and is connected to all and you know whether you call it God or or him or her or like whatever something's there and again like you can't prove it but there. I couldn't explain this world and things happening without including God in the process, whether you define it as God or the universe or whatever. It's like, are things really this random? Like, how is this even happening? So yeah, I could be wrong, but I'm a believer. Yeah, me too. Me too. I, as, as far as the details, you know, a lot of people have 
belief in specific details of what it means to be God and what God is. And I, I am with you on that, that I don't know if our little pea brains could comprehend if anybody, no matter how smart you are. And so, but to say that there's, there's nothing and that we came from nothing, I think that's, that's even a bigger reach, you know, but, but again, what do I know? Not much. I know about this much, but the smartest person only knows about this much. So I'm all right. <laughs> You're pretty good on the on the scale, right? right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, perspective is everything. Um, so what about people that you look up to? Do you have any heroes? Anybody that have has influenced you in a big way? Yeah. So it, it's it's weird. Um, like in the moment right now, I don't look up to anybody, but a lot of people have influenced me in my life um, growing up and for different reasons. Like, again, um, me, when I, we, we didn't talk about this, like I wanted to be a cartoon. I actually wanted to be a comic book artist when I was a kid, oh. just because like I like to draw. I just wasn't very good at it. So I looked up to this guy, Todd McFarlane, who is one of the founders of Image Comics, because he was a guy who used his talent and his entrepreneurial spirit to make himself a millionaire doing something that he loved, drawing comic books. So I thought, well, that was pretty cool. Again, I didn't follow that, follow that thread, but I, I learned a lot from him. Um, I'm a, I also looked up or learned a lot from this uh, person, this uh, Eben Pagan, who he um, he's really big in marketing, but part of his marketing and part of his philosophy is in self-improvement. You're not, you know, you make yourself better and it's gonna make all your results better, whether it's in the area of finances or relationships or whatever it might be. And um, also again, like I'm a New Yorker. So back when Jeter was playing, I was a big Derek Jeter fan. Only in the sense like the thing I identified about Jeter was that he focused on what he could control. And I think that's a really important lesson to learn from. Doesn't mean that the uncontrollable isn't gonna go your way, but it does mean it's a waste of energy to try to control the uncontrollable when you can be doing so much more powerfully for yourself what's, what's in there. And I'm theorizing here, but Derek Jeter's like number six all time in major league hits. And he's not known as a home run hitter, but he's hit some big home runs in his career. And the thing is, Derek Jeter hit whatever he needed to hit in the moment, rather than having this really fancy, you know, and Barry Bonds was awesome also, but rather than having this really beautiful 500 foot home run all the time, Jeter had the single when they needed it. He had the clutch home run when they needed it. He had the triple. He made the play because he was operating within what was in his control and he had his success through there. And I really admire that because it's the same with this. You might... You might be able to control everything in the universe, but you can't control finding something that's just enjoyable enough that you can do it five minutes a day, some gratitude method, some gratitude process. And by acknowledging and taking advantage of that control, you're inviting a lot of good things that you're not in control of and things that you're in control of. And you're opening your, yourself up to inspiration where now you can think of more things and have more agency in your life where something that wasn't within your control a month ago now is added into that category of what's in with your control. Makes sense. Makes sense. I know that that the well, I the the feeling of having somebody that that you look up to and you kind of pat I'm sorry, my mind just went on a on a tangent when you're talking about that. And I I saw all of these things on on all of these benefits of having, you know, heroes and people that you look up to because when you are thinking about the things that they have done that are eye-opening and that make you feel good, you're literally activating the law of attraction for yourself. You're literally thinking about 
the things that you find attractive, right? Because that's why you're thinking about it. Somebody that you look up to and you're internalizing that. So I think it's, I'm, I, so I, uh, I, my mind went like this, but man, that's a, that's a real, that's a real interesting concept that just kind of hit me right now. Yeah. And by the way, Scotty, you, you illustrated something really important right there. Something I said really just being something from the outside triggered something from the inside of you. And that's why I tell people to feel gratitude because when you're feeling grateful for something, something else is going to pop into your mind, or maybe it might not happen in the moment. Maybe the next day in the shower, an idea is going to come to mind. Something's going to pull you in. And when it does, that's the beauty. I think what, what just happened here live is a brilliant example of what can happen all the time for anybody when they strategically engage in one process and leave open the possibility of what might come from it. Man, I love it. What a great, what a great podcast, man. I'm, I'm very happy that, so what time is it in New York right now? Uh, right now it's 623, but honestly, dude, I've got as much or as little time as you have. So like, I'm, I'm good to go. This is um, where we're at right now. I guess uh, full disclosure for the audience. I didn't know how long you'd want to take the conversation and it's the week. And so I'm like, listen, as much time Scotty needs, I didn't book anything else. So we're, uh, we're good, man. Okay. Well, I, I feel like whatever, if, if there's more information that I can glean out of you and get out of you, believe me, I, I want to do that. And I, I want to, if there's anything that I haven't asked you or that something that you had wanted to touch on, you know, I would be all ears because obviously you, you know more than I do. And I don't, I may not know what to ask, but if, if there's something that, yeah. yeah so maybe from other conversations that you've talked about, people have asked you certain uh, insightful questions or, you know, if anything comes to mind, I would, I'm all ears, man. Yeah, man. Well, so one thing I want to make sure to get out there. Well, there, there's a couple. So, I guess I'd ask people to take this with a grain of salt where even if they don't believe in the law of attraction, just to try it because you can still benefit. Maybe it's just your subconscious mind doing the heavy lifting. Um, <clears throat> one piece though, for people that try this, a thing that trips people up often is they do the thing day after day after day after day. And again, they don't um, understand why it's not working. And I spoke to this a little before we're talking about like the job thing and you're thinking about frustration, things like that. There's also a deeper, more subtle, more insidious version of this. And that's where you do the method to get the result. And most people here, they're like, wait, what? Would, isn't that the point, Andrew? Isn't the point to do the method so that you get the result? Right. And the answer is yes and no, because when you're doing the method to get the result, it's another trick of you focusing on the lack of it and reinforcing the energy of the lack. The mm. answer then being, and here's a little trick, here's where you get like really powerful with this. You do the method to enjoy the method. You do it for the sake of enjoying it in the moment and then indirectly through the programming you sense your subconscious mind and the energy you send out to the universe indirectly the universe knows what you want and your subconscious mind knows what you want then things will happen rather than thinking about the car to get the car i'm going to think about the car to have the good feelings about the car it, it's a subtle distinction but it's so wow. powerful and when people think about that that makes a huge difference it changes everything for them right because everything we're taught is results oriented you do a then b then c so you can get d i know you know my background as a financial advisor i was a financial advisor for about 17 years and i would meet with people and literally go over goals and you know talk about what can happen when they retire and, and stuff like that but what you're talking about is very important you're talking about a journey-based model not a results 
based model and the journey based model because your attention is here you get certain benefits that when you're focused on this this is like an empty eggshell it's a it's like a mental construct that isn't real and you are thinking about that and a lot of times you're thinking about the lack of that because you don't have it now and that is a very interesting way to look at it yeah and ironically when you go journey based you're doing a ninja trick that most more often than not will not only accelerate your results but improve the quality of those results so by going like because it's very easy to be tempted like oh this journey thing is just going to slow me down like no if you actually not to trick the universe but genuinely for the sake of enjoying the moment if you could find a way to actually enjoy the moment then you're in the sweet spot and then things are going to accelerate for you because all of a sudden you're not holding up resistance you're not holding up doubt you're not holding up that that clenched teeth and clenched fist forcing of trying to pull everything into reality versus like no you know what life's not perfect right now but i am good all things considered i've got my health i've got xyz friends i've got xyz spouse i've got xyz income like it's not perfect i want more but at least i've got this which is a lot more than certain people have let me appreciate that knowing one that i should be grateful for it but two it really will accelerate things for me yeah and in that example where somebody has been thinking about that promotion and like hey i've been thinking about the promotion and i haven't got the promotion so maybe in that same context somebody could be thinking about maybe first what that person that would be promoted what what kind of responsibilities and and things and how would they act but then pull it backwards and maybe define different actions or responsibilities now and and make a commitment to to doing those to to handling those responsibilities and to being that person and and kind of trick yourself into enjoying that and i think maybe that's probably i mean it sounds somebody doing that i i can't imagine not getting promoted faster than somebody you know um i think we all have radar up of people that are kissing ass right you know and i think when you're when you're doing the results based thing no not to go down too dark a path here but it's possible that feeling gratitude for this thing you might have a bad two weeks where like (laughs) it's possible you might get bounced out of a job you're like this backfired it's like no 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 it's because the other good job was only going to open up when you weren't doing that one thing so just to let people know this thing can go in some really wacky directions, but if you're actually genuinely grateful, things will work out. And also to speak real quick, cause you're talking about being a financial planner. I guarantee you that you've seen people make really silly decisions because they're overreaching or they're trying to get their goals too fast or they're making a risky investment or something, or they're trying to make you like make that move or whatever. And, you know, I was telling you about like my, you know, heroes or people I looked up to Evan Pagan. He had a thing that I'm not sure if he came up with this term, but he's the one that introduced me to it calls it wanting attacks. You want something so bad that you make an emotional, stupid decision that you shouldn't have made rather than hanging back and being like, listen, I'm good either way. But because you're so desperate, you know, you make that bad investment or you sell before you're supposed to, or you sell later than you're supposed to, or something like that. So I'm sure you've seen that in practice countless times. It all comes down to, to whatever measure you can strategically be in a good place because not only are you thinking clearer, you're thinking straighter, everything is working for like you're making better decisions, which then invites a more higher leverage point for you to do more and make even better decisions from there. So 
it's like an upward snowball where things get better and better and better and better the more you strategically put yourself in a better space for success. Oh, totally. And and with me being a financial advisor, I experienced that personally a lot of things, a lot of times. And I had been talking about certain strategies that I did not follow myself because I'm like, well, this strategy is for you, uh, but not for me. <laughs> because, you know, I want to spend this money and buy this stupid thing and take this risk. But I've also started other businesses. I I have been a uh, notrepreneur many times where I've tried to start something and then didn't didn't do enough to get it running in at any level. I've I've started some companies that had some pretty good success and then I've been involved with with running other companies and I've I've had a lot of different experiences and you know being a financial advisor for a certain amount of time gave me that freedom so I could venture out on this uh, escapade and I'd either fall on my face or I'd do something cool, but I always had this thing to kind of fall back on. Um, until recently, I haven't I haven't decided, I'm, I'm not doing any financial advising, not doing any investment, nothing. And now I'm focused 100% on trying to make an impact. And that's what the MOVE podcast is doing. It's so that MOVE is an acronym. M is make a difference in other people's lives. O is offer up your time, talents, and gifts. And then V is to find victory in the small things. And that really applies here. And that means appreciation. That means looking at what you have, looking at the situation and being happy and finding gratitude, even if it's not something that you, ex if, if it's unexpected and it's not something that sits right, understand that you don't know shit <laughs> as far as what the future holds and that maybe this door did close so that other one can open and have the humility to understand that you don't have as much knowledge of the future and be okay with that. And then E is to encourage others so so this whole thing i'm i'm trying to focus to get the message out there to talk to people like you that have you know keen insights on levers that we can pull as a human being that can affect our life and that can make it better and so this is such an important message and i'm i'm ecstatic that that we're talking right now so so anyway i sorry about that soapbox but yeah no thank you but that's I'm, the point. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm really pumped to have this conversation too. And one thing in the back of my mind, I want to make sure to share with your audience, especially because I gave like the more long-winded time-lapse method. Yes. Yeah, and that, that might not be for people. To tell people what I do every single day, myself right now, because I'm busy and I've got so much going on. Um, I have a thing where I basically, I pull up my phone every day. I pull up the recording app and I record a message of all the things I'm grateful for. And I send it to my friend across the country. And he does the same thing back to me. And what's cool about this is it could be 90 seconds or it could be five minutes or anywhere in between. I try to not make it longer because I'm busy and because I don't want to make him listen to a 10 minute message. But the cool <laughs> thing about this is we've installed a friendly social pressure in this that helps keep us on point because people in general, they, they let themselves down more easily than someone else who they care about. So like, I don't want to let my friend down. So of course I'm gonna record something for 90 seconds. And again, it's nice and easy and fast and simple. And the cool thing is we're in our fourth year of doing this right now. So he's been there and he's like, we've seen change. Like he knew me before the book came out 
he, it would be a thing where I would tell him about the book being a bestseller and all the five-star reviews before the book came out. And now I'm giving him the same message, but now it's like three-dimensional reality. So sometimes I give him stuff I'm grateful for in the moment. And sometimes I talk about future stuff, but phrased in the present tense, I would have a lot of fun with it. But just so people know, one thing I do every single day is I leave that message. And if you don't have someone that can bounce it back and forth for you, you could leave the message yourself, just, you know, just for yourself. Or you don't even have to hit the record button. You can just sit down and it's, I call it a gratitude blitz. You just think of as many things as possible over to be grateful for. You can make it a theme. You can make it a theme of your body. You can make it a theme of your career. You can make it a theme of your spouse. You can make it a theme of all the things in the room with you, or you can just make it anything, a free-for-all. You can be grateful for, um, you know, Frosted Flakes and your first kiss, your first crush, video games, your first job, Hawaii, the sunset, the sky, the lung in your air, the air in your lungs. Like it could be all over the place, but like just as an example for people is something very easy to do doesn't take long. And those first 30 seconds, you'd be like, meh, all right. But as it builds up more and more and more, you're like, wow, this is really cool. I actually, I feel much better now. And it's such an easy, simple thing to do. And since I'm just going on a rant here, I just said, you're going to feel better and better and better and better. Please, anyone listening, don't attach meaning or requirement to that. Because what might happen is you're going to feel ecstatic one day. And then the next day you're going to go to do it again. And it'll be a little muted. And it's not actually that it's muted, it's that it was such a dramatic shift from you know zero to 60 the day before that you set up false expectations for yourself each day. It doesn't have to be dramatic every day, it just has to feel good or easy. As long as it feels a little bit good, you're doing it right. If it feels wonderful, beautiful, but don't have that requirement on yourself that now it has to be this dramatic fireworks going off, you know, angels fluttering from the sky, like it doesn't have to be that every single day. It just has to be a positive emotion in any way, shape or form. So this bring, this brings me to ask you about meditation. Are, are, do you incorporate meditation or what are your thoughts about meditation relating to the law of attraction? Yeah, so <clears throat> just like I say, like, you know, set deadlines if they work for you. If you can meditate the way we're told to meditate, go for it. Me personally, I've always had a lot of difficulty sitting still perfectly where there's quiet, you know, like I, I've personally never been able to have those perfect conditions. So I do meditate, but I meditate with a different sense of requirement. Meaning if there's a loud noise, it doesn't disturb me. If I move or my nose itches and I have to scratch it, it doesn't disturb me. My form of like one form of meditation is I basically, I sit down calmly and I envision light coming into my body, whether it's through the top of my head or the center of my chest. And it could be light from the brightest star in the galaxy or bright from the heart, uh, light from the heart of a loved one or whatever it might be. It could be white light, it could be golden light, it could be anything. I, as I breathe in, I picture going in and as I exhale, I push that light out into the world and universe around me because it's giving me this feeling of abundance where I've got so much light. It's kind of like, it's like spilling over like a coffee mug where the coffee's just spilling over that I have plenty to spare. So I'm not only healing myself, but I'm healing the world and energy around me. And you know, that brings more good things into my life. So that to me is one version of a meditation that I do. I actually on my YouTube channel, I have a, a gratitude meditation called uh, the rainforest. So people can go to my YouTube channel and for free, they, you know, they hit play. It's a five and a half minute thing. It's, it's about gratitude. And I kind of base the scene in a rainforest just to give a little bit extra mood for people. But, you know, I even run through that meditation faster than most people do. Most meditation, they say, okay, I want you to, you know, calm down. 30 seconds later, they have the next words. Three seconds. No, I'm just like, people, I don't want people restless waiting for me. So I kind of talk through the whole thing and I let them 
they can either like be really engaged in it or just a little bit, but it's it's a victory either way. So that's my long-winded way of saying meditate to whatever level you can, but if you can't be perfectly focused, don't judge yourself and don't use that as a reason to take yourself out of it or to deny yourself the gift of having it in any kind of form. Yeah, and I think that there are a lot of people out there whenever they do think about meditation that also have that same... I am a high-strung, hyperactive person myself, and so for me to sit down for longer than five minutes, you know, I am fidgety. I, I'm, I'm like that, so it's hard for me as well. I listened to this monk talk about meditation, and it made... It had an impact on me. He was talking about meditation in the in the context of awareness so he was saying you don't have to clear your mind don't do this and then he 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 did this kind of a trick on the audience and he said awareness are you you know if if you can be aware then that is meditation and he said uh how many people are aware and then he had them raise their hand and and they said oh okay how many people are not aware and then for those people that were not aware you were aware that you weren't aware Therefore, you're aware. There, there's meditation, and then, and it was, and he was, he was hilarious. I, I sent that to my daughter because I've been trying to get her to meditate here and there, and she's like, Dad, I can't meditate. I can't, you know, and so anyway, she's, she's doing better at that because I, I think meditation is important. I think it's a good thing. I wish I did more because I believe that we have so much noise in today's society from, from every every place in life like driving traffic tv now don't get into politics or you know religion or covid or everywhere you go people are wearing masks that are you know it's a reminder of what's going on and and there's so many different negative you know inputs that i think it's easy for us to get discombobulated and confused and lost yeah and i feel like when you when you sit there and then you just concentrate all your awareness on a particular place you know whether it's whether it is a a sound or it is a or it is a movement of your body or whatever whatever it is that you're doing when you're taking your attention and you're putting it over here by default you're blocking everything else out all of the noise and when when we're walking from day to day and we have all of this noise that we're just carrying with us it's like you know and so that's kind of how I I see meditation right now is, you know, but, but that, so that made me think of that. Yeah. But a cool perspective. I like that. It's, it's different, right? It's something that it's, it's, um, you know, like I said, there's a lot of stuff I don't know, but, um, I'm always trying to learn and talk to somebody that has different insights. And so as far as activity, as far as action, um, what is your thought about physical exercise is you know it, it does that help do you think or is it all 100% mental or do you think that you can jump start your mind by starting with an activity or an exercise now when you say uh, exercise you mean like in terms of like working out or just in terms of taking any action for your goal yeah it could be it could be like walking, it could be uh, working out. Uh, as far as in the context of a goal, I'm not sure. I, I think I was talking about like exercising. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I'll, I'll say this, and this will probably over answer the question and answer like three questions at once. But yeah. um, this kind of goes back to like what I was saying before, where, you know, inspired action, not just action, but inspired action. And that includes exercise, right? So uh, one thing I'll, I'll never forget, Scotty, was years back, I'm, I went to a gym. I mean, I enjoy the dojo more because I like punching and kicking and mm-hmm. I like sensei yelling at me. That's for me, that's that's easier, right? Mm-hmm. I remember taking a break from that and figure, you know, mix things up a little bit. And I joined a gym and I remember watching this woman, she's on a treadmill and she's got a magazine in front of her and she's on the treadmill reading the magazine. And I remember having this insight, like, wow, if she's so bored that she needs something to get her through it, she's doing the wrong exercise because it's always going to be a struggle. So I'd say I'm a huge proponent of physical activity, but I'd also say, try to find something that you enjoy that like you could really enjoy in the moment, just because I mean, you can force yourself to do things that are going to bore you, but you're not going to be as consistent. You're not going to enjoy it as much. And the quality of the workout won't be as good. By that same token, just getting back to, you know, action in the context of law of attraction, you know, I don't think you're going to get what you want by just sitting on your couch. However, you should give yourself permission to just sit on your couch for a while to let the ideas ruminate, to let something come into place. Like, I'm, listen, as long as you have the finances to hold yourself up, sit on the couch for a month and do do nothing with the understanding that you're allowing the ideas to come forward and with the understanding that when an idea comes forward that inspires you, you're not going to sit on it. You're actually going to say, okay, I've done the sitting. Now it's time to start the doing because this isn't something that I'm doing out of a sense of lack. It's doing, it's something that I'm, that I've been inspired to do. It's out of a sense of inspiration that it's on, it's getting me on the way to my goal. Cause it's either the universe knows and it fed it to my mind or my subconscious knows and it's fed it to my conscious mind. One or both of those things brought this because I spent a month sitting and focusing and programming that in and putting that vibration out there. Now let me like run with that thread. So whatever action you're taking, whether it's in the context of exercise or something else, make it something that you enjoy. Like my book, it was a labor of love. Like I wrote it in nine and a half weeks. It wasn't easy. Like, I mean, I was getting up really early and I was staying up till 4 a.m. And I just like, I was pushing myself really hard. But by that same token, I knew what I wanted. And I, I made the cover very early in the process. And I would look at the cover and meditate on it for a few minutes before I started every single chapter because I wanted to be oh, wow. really aligned. Like, what am I doing this for? That's what I'm doing it for. So even when it was a labor, it was a labor of love. And everything that we do to the best of our ability, I mean, we're not going to like everything we do for the most part, usually, but we should make as much possible of what we're doing, something that we enjoy doing, something that we're inspired to do. The more you can do that you enjoy doing and the less that you don't like, the better it is for your results anyway. Makes sense. Well, let me ask you, when you were writing that book, did you have time commitments or did you just wait for inspiration or did you have time frames, you know, where you started at a certain time every day or, you know, how did that look? So me just knowing the way my mind works, I know that I'm the most creative in terms of articulating words when I first wake up. So it was a thing where, you know, just almost every day for those nine and a half weeks, when I woke up, I'm like, all right, let me just sit down and try to do something. And it was almost like it was simultaneously a habit I was building up and something where I knew this was the time of day to do it. Now, there was other times where I just like something popped in my head in the afternoon. I'm like, all right, I guess I'm writing now or something pops in my mind at night. Like, okay, I'm starting now. So it would be um, a hodgepodge. But for the most part, I knew that that's the time for me to get the most out of myself. So I purposely like sat in front of my computer and began then. Until you felt like you were done and then you, but you didn't have any certain, I'm going to go for two hours or I'm going to go for. Yeah. And I didn't do that. Like I would let, like whenever I felt tired or, or done, I'm like, okay, I guess that's it. And I, 
someone used the this the term sculpting i use the word editing but but her term is better i sculpted the book i didn't write it which is to say i spit out all my ideas and, and it was kind of loose and then i refined things so that it would flow so that like my my concept of this book is that it's not a book it's an experience and page one should flow into page two into page three it should be this effortless like emerging thing where the foundation that you built in these pages then emerges on the further pages. And by the time the person's done reading the book, it's like, wow, all those pieces that Andrew put in place, which in and of themselves were hopefully easy to consume, they also added up to a whole new concept and a whole new paradigm shift for me. So I had that vision as I was doing it, as I was like sculpting and molding after I spit things out on paper and had to massage them a little bit. And you said it was self-published? Yep. My, my company, like, and it's easy, man. Like whether you go on Lulu or you go on Amazon with technology today, you don't have to wait for a publisher. And for me, that's fortunate because I broke all the rules. I don't put my name on the cover. Um, I formatted the way I want. I didn't tell stories the way most people's stories. Like I did the book the way I wanted to do it versus the way you would see most books do it. So because I was the boss, I had the files ready and it's all user-friendly and, and I did it my way. You know, that's great. There's a... Have you ever read the book or heard of the book, The Book of Five Rings by Miyamoto Musashi? I've heard of that, but I, I, I haven't read it. So Miyamoto Musashi was, anytime you see a picture of a samurai warrior with the garb, and the, that was his picture. And he was back, I believe, in the 1600s. And he, he was like the Bruce Lee of his time. He had duels, and back then they had swords, right? And whenever they had a duel, it was to the death. And he kicked a lot of people's ass as he grew up. And then at that time in Japan, you had a lot of villages that were warring against each other. And then these two would team up and then go after that. And then, you know, so, and he was kind of a hired gun in a way. And at the end of his life, he, he had been putting this, it's the book of five rings, the, the Goni Socho, or so I, I, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. But that was his his um, gift to the world, I guess. And it was about strategy. And he disappeared for into a cave for the last two or five years of his life. And that's where he decided that he was going to write his book his way. And he got a lot of flack at the time because of people that had were authors or writing or however it looked at that particular time. They're like, you can't do this. It doesn't make sense. And then he says, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to write it my way because once I understand this, you can't understand what I understand because you didn't walk the same you know, path that I did. So, so for me to do what I think your way, I'm discrediting myself and I'm discrediting, you know, and I'm, I'm not giving you the value that... I could give you so so he was hard-headed but then now later on as people compare his book to other books that were published at the time his makes more sense yeah. so so and and it's you know side note the book of five rings is fire water air wind or uh wind earth and heaven and each mm -hmm. one he 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 compares to strategy like and a uh, 50,000 foot view is, you know, land is physical attributes and things that are that have physicality, you know, whatever you're trying to accomplish, whether it's 
uh, a football game, whether it's trying to maybe even sell a book or whatever, you can break down components. And then when you break down the components and understand what in what element you're playing, what is the opposition's goals, what are they trying to accomplish, how is movement going in between, you know, back and forth. And then he touches on another thing that I think is real interesting. So so fire, right, is the ah, it's it's energy. And the more energy you bring to something, it's you know, it's a it's an important part of of the battle or of the duel or of the strategy. And the last thing he talks about is heaven. So heaven is he refers to it as emptiness, but it's also not thinkingness. So you practice something so many times over and over and over and over and over, you don't have to think about it. It just happens. And he had made the example because they had a, a big sword and a small sword. And you could be out in a field. And if you always practiced out in a field, that's great. But what happens if you're in a closed quarter match and you're inside a house or and you can't fight like you fight there? Well, doing certain things over and over and over and over will give your body its own knowledge of the situation and then you can go from from instinct and not from a thought out process but um that's awesome yeah it so i highly recommend it but what you what you did with your book is what he did with his so it's so cool to hear that thank you for sharing that with me i definitely do have to check out that book and i'd never even thought of it like that but um I guess, I guess in my own way, I was just like, Hey, this is, this is how I articulate it. And I can't, you know, not that another way is the wrong way, but for me, there's, there's no other way I could have done this book than to do it this way. And I even have an experience like right now, I'm, and, and by the way, all credits to these people, um, I'm writing a chapter. I'm, I'm contributing a chapter for a book with a, with a bunch of authors and um, much respect. It's my honor to be in there, but I'm also, because it's their thing, I'm engaging in the editing sessions with them. So they're, they're changing decisions I've made in, in my chapter. And I, and I thought to myself like, wow, I could never, like I can do a chapter. And again, I'm happy to be here, but I couldn't have done that with my book because I wouldn't have wanted to change any of this stuff. I was so, so attached to the way it was. So it's really actually a really cool experience to be having that after having done my book where it was like my way or the highway with no room for any other input. Yeah. Thank God that was the case with your book because yeah, that would have, that would have hurt your little feelers. <laughs> Somebody saying... No, no. It's like we got to have both, right? <laughs> yeah, it happened to me in a um, when I was getting my master's degree, and I went back to school at USC, and then there were there were some intellectual kids I was going to school with at the time that had just gotten out of their you know uh, their their bachelor's degree, and they just stayed in school, and so they were very academic, and I had it was the exact opposite. I'd been working, and then coming back, and I got accepted into this entrepreneurship program, and it was from working for so long out being out in the field and connecting with people. And so I wasn't necessarily up to date with all of the rules of grammar and whatnot. And, um, man, a lot of the things. So I remember this one project I wrote a couple pages and one of the two of the guys took it upon themselves to correct. <laughs> and they, oh, and, wow. and it was like, interesting it was like i felt i was in seventh grade and i you know i had a, the my, the english teacher didn't like me and she had a ruler and and all this red writing and says you can't use this and I'm like hold on a second you know who the hell is is the 
end all be all of grammar. Like I say things differently than you say things. So how come I can't use different words in, in a different way? Because what you're saying and how you are putting the sentence together is not how I would say it. So yeah. anyway, that it's interesting. So I, I found a book and it was called, basically it was a, a takeoff that, hey, listen, all of this grammar stuff that we're doing is just a, a best guess deal for everyone. Even the, even Webster, the dictionary, there's always words being being added and taken away and changed and modified. So mm -hmm. everything is in a constant state of change. And so for people that are so dead set about a certain structure or a certain thing, it's it's uh, I don't believe it's conducive for positivity. <laughs> It, it it can be it can be misused. We'll, we'll definitely say that, right? And people can it, it it can be stifling for people. But and it's kind of like my my attitude is again this is why I, like I self published. I I wanted to sink or swim on my own for this, and also like I wanted to take the friction out of having to find an agent or a publisher. And also, I mean, to be candid, like you know, let me get as much profit as possible, right? Like you're doing it your way. And you know, little little secret for people that want to write a book. In the end even when they put you on the media tour, you have to do your own marketing anyway. Like don't, if, if you get done by a big publisher, don't feel like you don't do any marketing. Like you've got to look out for yourself. You got to care about your message and really put it out there. Like me, I'm, I'm at it every day. And I mean that in a good way. Like it's my pleasure to do it. I care not that much about the message. Some people they'll write a book, but they've got so much else going on in their life that they can't do what I'm doing. And they'll be frustrated. They'll wonder like, why isn't it working out? It's like, well, cause you're not doing interviews and you're not, um, advertising on Amazon and you're not posting on, on Facebook and you're not giving value outside of what you already did with the book. Like it should be a day, every day you should be giving value in some way, shape or form, even if it's repurposed value that you've already given before. Hmm. So are you, have you been on a book tour? Have you, have you done that? No, I mean, cause the book came out right before uh, COVID. Hit oh, COVID. Yeah. How are you going to do that? Yeah. And again, like I wouldn't have said for me, my tour is, is it's a zoom tour. And it, it, it gives me the opportunity to talk to people like, honestly, awesome people like you. I'm loving this conversation where like, otherwise I would have, you know, I can't, getting to California right now is too, too rough, but I still get to have this conversation with you. So my, my tour is, is a Zoom tour, which is nothing new for people in, in the past year and a half anyway, right? Yeah, that's, that's for damn sure. I know even Toastmasters, you know, I'm, I'm a part of Toastmasters and everything's changed to Zoom. And, and when you have a... A goal and you're you're trying to make an impact in a certain way you're gonna figure out how to do that in whatever happens you know whatever happens in the future when your will is when you have a when you have will to, to make something happen you're gonna figure out a way you know so I I don't know that's cool yeah man well um, is there anything else that jumps out of your mind I so I like leave one more one go away lesson for people Again, just taken from the book. <laughs> it's like, God, I got to get out of here. Um, no, this will actually just be good. And um, I talk about this book. I, uh, in the book, I call it Manifestational Raindrops. And I, one of my favorite things, and we were just talking about like doing the book my way. One of my favorite teaching things is taking something from the real, real world that our brains already understand and linking it there so that everything just clicks. So when I say manifestational raindrops, I talk about um, like everyone can remember that situation where they're outside and it's kind of overcast and they feel like that little tickle on their skin. You know what I mean? Just a little tickle. 
And then 30 seconds later, if they're wearing black, they see specks start to fall. And then they start to actually hear the water droplets. And then they're noticing splotches on the ground that they could kind of smell the dew. And then before you know it, there's a torrential downpour. And where the way I relate this in terms of manifestational raindrops, that's another way of saying that if you're walking down the street and you see a penny, don't just be like, oh, okay, this, it's a penny. Be excited because that's basically the universe just gave you free money. And it's an indicator of all the money and all the abundance that's on the way. And here's the thing. The moment you got that little speck, the rainstorm was inevitable. And the downpour of manifestation is also inevitable. And you can hold it back through an umbrella of resistance. But even if you're holding up that umbrella, the universe is still raining good on you. So it really comes down to a question of, are you going to acknowledge those raindrops and let, and let the storm come? Or are you going to clutch tightly to that umbrella of resistance and doubt and fear and uncertainty? And this is impossible. And the universe doesn't exist. And I don't believe in energy. And it didn't work before. Or any of that other nonsense? Or are you going to be grateful for things, knowing that they're little specks, little drops, and letting them add up? Because when you do it that way, that match on your dating app becomes a raindrop. That first date's raindrop. That first kiss is a raindrop. That first time you hold hands, that first joke that you tell that they then from across the table they're laughing at, these are all raindrops on the way to you being with the love of your life. That first positive trade that you make when you're getting into stocks, that's a raindrop. That first answer from someone on a new job, that's a raindrop. These are all raindrops. Even if that thing doesn't lead to that specific job, that's the universe reminding you that you're on the right track to keep going. And when you look at it that way, you're gonna make more intelligent, better decisions. So understand manifestational raindrops are all around you. Don't take them for granted because again, I'm a strategy guy. Strategically, you wanna look at them, acknowledge them because that'll bring the storm a lot more quickly, a lot more abundant. Why not do it that way? So that leads me to synchronicity. Right. We that I mean, uh, so we haven't really talked about synchronicity. Have you had any any experiences with synchronicity that come to mind? Well, let's make sure I like when I hear synchronicity, if I'm not mistaken, I think you're talking about like, you know, coincidence or we think I'm talking about something. So. So yes and no, because I was told that the Hebrew language has no word for coincidence. It means divine intervention. So. So I'm, I'm, it's interesting when things happen, I'll, I'll give you the first one that pops up. I'm looking for an editor. I have a video, um, a production assistant and I need somebody that is a ninja at editing because we have these videos and then other videos and it takes, I can edit, she can edit, but it takes us a long time, right? Whereas somebody that's in it can get in and get out. So I put a, an ad on Indeed and I've been going through candidates. Well, somebody I had thought of, a guy that had used to work with me a few years back, and we kind of had a falling out of sorts. And so I thought of him and I'm like, you know what, I should call him and see because he would probably fit pretty well for this. And nah, you know what, screw that. And then literally the next day i haven't heard from him in years man the next day i got a text message from him that said hey scotty it's gabe i just drove past this body shop and it made me think of you and i'm wondering how you're doing and i look at that and i'm i tell my wife i'm like what the hell <laughs> you know <laughs> that to me is synchronicity so then i of course i called him and and we you know got over everything and we're like, hey, we have new, new potential, new opportunity here. So 
and there's a bunch of other things like that that have happened. So I'm just curious, have there been anything like that? Is there been anything like that that comes to mind for you? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's so funny because even as you say, I off the top of my head, I can't think of a specific example <clears throat> right now. I'm sure it'll come to me as I keep talking here. But But I will say that this right here speaks to what I was talking about before, where there's so much stuff going on. There's like an energetic highway that we don't see, that we don't perceive. That intention connected with him and inspired him on some on some level because you didn't you didn't think about it from the sense of I'm going to force this into reality. You were loose about it, and therefore it kind of like let that uh, possibility come in way more easily. Um, it, wow! So the only thing the only thing I can think of was like years back where I was I was dating this person and um, she kind of believed in like she believed in like universal signs and stuff like that she didn't get anything it wouldn't happen right so i was getting radio silence from her for for a little bit and this is in manhattan and on a random street that i don't work near there she doesn't work near there she walks by me and she sees me like what and that changed her whole viewpoint and like you know i mean the relationship didn't last forever but it kind of moved it in just because for, for whatever reason, we were both thinking and we lined up in a spot where neither of us should have been in a complicated place like Manhattan with millions of people where you don't even see someone walking by. It kind of just like it, it is it happened. And she was more blown away than me just because that was her mindset. But that to me off the top of my head is the best example of synchronicity that I can think of, although it, it happens a lot for me. And I think it happens so much. That I don't even remember it anymore. It just just yeah. happened. happens. Yeah, no, I, I think that's. That's what I, I believe that the law of attraction does bring about things exactly how you explained it. And so I think it's kind of, it goes hand in hand with with your book and with what you're doing because, you know, uh, there are, some people say it's coincidence. Some people are like, there's no way in hell it's coincidence. I don't know, <laughs> but I, it, it's um, anytime something like that happens where, where a coincidence highlights a specific thing where, okay, how the hell did this happen at the same time that happened? It makes me say, okay, you know what? There's something there. I need to spend time thinking about it. <clears throat> and every time that's happened, I'm pretty sure good things have came, has, have come from that. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know where it, where it ends with where it ends, but I believe well, that. Yeah, I was just saying, this, like, not to be, to. yeah, not to be egotistical, but even this conversation that we're having right now, I don't know if it's something that I've said or something that you said, but I guarantee you, there's at least one person who's going to listen to this, where something one of us said is going to trigger an idea or an inspiration in them, and they're going to move. So, whoever that person's right now, I'm just telling you, don't ignore it. Doesn't mean you have to buy my book, although I'll gladly take the sale. It doesn't mean you have to watch my YouTube channel, even though I'll gladly take the view. It, you know, but it doesn't mean that I said it. Maybe Scotty said it. But if there's something that one of us said and it's following you along a certain path, I would say engage in that. Like follow that thread because you're hearing one or both of us for a reason right now. You've made that choice and synchronicities brought you to that. Don't waste it. I mean, good news is if you wasted something else will come along, but why waste time? Take this one instead of waiting for the next one. And I would love to hear any stories for anybody that is listening um get his book read it and you know tell us what you thought about it 
Now, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, again, you already said YouTube slash, uh, black backslash Andrew Cap. Yeah, YouTube.com slash Andrew Cap. And if they want to check out the book, I set up a website that auto directs to the Amazon listing. And that's lastlawofattractionbook.com. So I figured whether you go to lastlawofattractionbook.com or you go to YouTube.com slash Andrew Cap, whether you spend a few bucks or you go for free, I hope either way that my content will serve some people out there. And I appreciate you, Scotty, for, for sharing that and for having me on. Um, Cause wow, what a cool conversation to have a, a, on a weekend, you know? Yeah, totally, totally. I'll be thinking about it later too. So th this is good. Uh, you never know what you're gonna get, right? Like a box of chocolates. Well, this yeah. is a good box of chocolate. This is a good chocolate that we got. So. <laughs> I couldn't agree more, my friend. <laughs> awesome. Well, well Andrew, Andrew, thank, thank you for your time, time and let's keep in touch, man. Scotty, thank you for having me and, and absolutely looking forward to keeping in touch and uh, seeing more podcast episodes come out with you. It sounds like just based on this interview right here, I love the intentionality and I know that your uh, your viewers and listeners are really getting something out of this. So thanks for being you. Thanks for having me and thanks for doing this. Awesome. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in and I'm looking forward to hearing some stories. Have a good day, night, evening, morning, whatever time it is that you're listening to this. And we'll catch you next time.